Pollard your best negotiator with Zeke? Who? Pollard. Not Zeke who? <laughs> He's got your camera. <laughs> He's got your camera. We're having some fun. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? How about them cowboys indeed? It is the first Dallas Cowboys podcast in the history of The Athletic. And we could not be more excited to bring it to you. Hello and welcome to About Them Cowboys. I am your executive producer, Kent Garrison. Some of you might have heard my voice over the past seven seasons on the DallasCowboys.com podcasts. Well, I'm happy to have The Athletic as my home now, and I'm extremely excited about the podcast that we have coming your way very soon. But now for this show... Our goal is to have the best damn Cowboys podcast on the planet with the most in-depth conversation, exclusive player interviews from the star, film breakdowns, and more. We've been spending a lot of time and thank everybody out there who's listening for their patience in assembling this team because we're really, really excited about the uh, team that we've uh, assembled at The Athletic to discuss the Dallas Cowboys. And speaking of those people, I'm joined by two of them that will serve as your guides for this hour of Cowboys Talk. And they are our newest member of The Athletic covering the Dallas Cowboys uh, 24-7. It is uh, John Mishota. Hey, John. Thanks for having me on this. I'm looking forward to uh, talking uh, talking some Cowboys as opposed to uh, writing about them. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to, to have you guys be part of it with you guys because I've known you guys for a while and uh, I know what kind of great work you guys do, so this is I'm really excited about it because when actually I signed on with the athletic, um, I didn't even really know that there was gonna be a podcast as part of yeah. it. And so when I heard about that after, like I was super psyched. so because there's a lot of stuff that I mean, you can only tweet so much and write so much. so um, there's other stuff and, and I just think comes out easier and, and, and better in a conversation form. so so I'm pumped about this. Yeah, absolutely. They've given us the platform here at the athletic to uh to be able to do that to take some of the written content and to expand that over uh to the audio uh platform the audio medium and uh this is going to be a place where we can spill out those conversations uh beyond the page and um speaking of somebody who uh, definitely gets their fair share of talking during the day is uh kevin kt turner who is our uh resident uh, one of our resident radio people here on the uh the dallas side of the athletic and uh, KT, I'm going to turn things over to you as host. You've been out in Oxnard with John over uh, at Cowboys Camp over the past uh, month. Um, we definitely need to, to get into this Zeke stuff, but uh, I guess give us a couple of minutes here on just like what was that experience like for you guys? And I'll turn things over to you, KT. Thank you very much, Kent. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't wake up and kind of slap myself in the face and go, man, I'm real lucky to be covering the Cowboys and not the Lions or the Bengals or something. <laughs> and I'm not and, – and no shots fired at those uh, great markets and great people covering those teams. I see you, Chris Burke. Um, but it's like it's very interesting because you go to Oxnard, uh, as I did for two weeks, and, John, you were out there a little bit longer than I was, and you always know something's going to happen, but you're not really – you know, with the Cowboys, there's all kinds of storylines, and Jerry will always say something crazy – but you're not really, at least I wasn't expecting them to go into camp 
with three huge contracts still undone in Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper. And I'll be damned, in the first week, we've got Zeke going to Cabo, and hashtag Zeke Watch is the story of camp for the first week. We're going to talk about that. We're going to find out where he's at where, today. Where is he, Kevin? But like, you, hey, let's, before we go, you you broke the freaking <laughs> story. Let's let's stop right there. KT broke the story that Zeke was going to Cabo, and is is a uh, shout out to uh, you um, for doing that. I just wanted to give you the credit where credits due before we we move on with breaking that. So where is uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Kevin? What's the latest uh, source telling you? <laughs> okay, so I had it covered two or three weeks ago. Now I have no idea, and that's what I do. I uh, kind of hit and run on the breaking news beat because I feel real dirty doing it. Um, but when I found that out, though, I was like, I got to kind of run oh, with this, yeah. right? Um, that was national like, news. That was like to... the Today Show was like, uh, breaking news, Zeke is headed to Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, just let the guy go to Mexico in peace, right? Uh, but like for a team that's supposed to like, go to the playoffs and make a deep run, it is kind of strange that they allowed their starting quarterback and their star player – to go into the season and go into training camp without a contract, and it's created all these distractions. So I'll tell you this, and then I'll let you go ahead, John. I think they need to find a way to get Zeke done, and I am a guy who believes in never paying a running back. But I just think everything on this team is set up for you from a roster standpoint that you should probably, in this case, go ahead and pay the runner. Make it reasonable if you can, I would make sure that Zeke's not missing games and I would have him ready to go because this is a Super Bowl caliber roster as long as they can get over all this weird days of our lives stuff in the background. My, my biggest thing is that, you know, you, there's all this popularity with these Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless takes and, and just how everything's one way or the other. And, and in this situation, I really can see both sides of it because from everything I've been told, Zeke's asking for the moon. And... I, I get where his side's coming from because he's so valuable to this team, and I agree with you, Kevin. Like They're not making a Super Bowl run without Ezekiel Elliott, so I get that. The other side of it, though, is, is if you're the Cowboys, I get their side as well because they're also trying to sign a lot of other guys as well on top of it, and as you mentioned, you know, the running back market isn't great, and it's not great for a reason. Um, you know, Just to compare it real quick to quarterbacks, um, there's no Philip Lindsay at quarterback. There's no James Conner at quarterback that just steps in right away and like has a good year. You see that at running back. With all of that being said, those guys are not Ezekiel Elliott, and the team is much different when Zeke's on the field. They are just, they're just better. And I know there's all these type of stats that are thrown out about uh, you know all kinds of different metrics and deep dives that people make on this yards per carry and, and and all these things. But like no, it's like if you watch the games, the team is a, is just a different team with Ezekiel Elliott out there. Um, but on the Cowboys side, he he has two years left on his deal, so you would think he would he would honor that. So um, I really can see both sides of it, and 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 now it seems like they're more both sides are dug in more than ever. Um, that I I just. You think what week one will be the, the deadline. That'll be the thing that breaks it down. But I can't even guarantee yeah, you right now that he's going to be there week world, one. And it was the fifth-year option year where he would they picked up his fifth-year option from being a first-round pick, and he would be making $9 million. I don't think you would see much of a fight. But because we're talking about $3.5 million or $3.8 million, whatever it is on his contract, this was his year to make a stand 
and make thing, things tense. Like, I don't think he would have done this next year. And I think, I mean, obviously he would have still been asking for a, for a new contract at some point anyways, but his time to do it is now because, look, top five in receptions at running back as well. So if you want to make that argument, like I know people, as you mentioned, get bogged down in yards per carry. You know, I, to me, that's not the most important stat. There's a lot that goes into it. But Zeke knew that they were going to lean on him for 350-plus touches again. And, and that's the case. He's got an argument. So if he was going to do it, this was the time to do it. So I honestly think it's the smart move for his camp. You just wish, you know, while following the team and seeing how good the roster is, you just go, man, I wish they would just make all this go away and really focus on things because they're set up to go win a bunch of games over the next two or three years. But there's just this lingering thing with with him and then with the quarterback as well, and it's created nonstop chaos. I will also say this. I'm not a guy who's, like, worried about a guy who's out of camp, Um, especially a guy like Zeke. I mean, Urban Meyer famously once said that Zeke is the smartest football player he's ever coached. Like, no matter what you want to say about Zeke off the field <laughs> and some of the, the poor decisions that he's made, on the yeah. field, he's football he's savvy He's football for smart, sure. yeah. And football I know everyone's genius, excited maybe. about Kellen Moore, but I don't think they're adding so much that Zeke wouldn't be ready for that. So I'm not worried about that, but I think once we get to September 1st and a deal is still not done and you're kind of looking at – game planning for the Giants without Zeke, that's when I start to go, are we really doing this? We need to get this figured out. To to your point, KT, on the uh, the touches that he's gotten, like there's no doubt he was beaten up by the end of the year last year. Now, he would never say it, but you could just tell, I mean, the where he was feeling it by the end of that season. And, and they want him to have the ball late in games. The way that they play – uh, you know, even though with the new offensive coordinator, I know that they're going to add some wrinkles and things like that, but Jason Garrett's still the head coach. Late in games, if they have a lead, they're going to be leaning on Ezekiel Elliott. And from his perspective, as you said, I can understand why he would make this uh, hold out right now because of the fact that what if he does get an injury? He'll never get a chance to get as much money as he can potentially get right now. And so from that side of it, I get where you know, he's coming from in terms of a holdout. The other thing is, too, is that he can hold out compared to, like, an Amari Cooper or Dak Prescott because of the running back position. Yeah, there'll be rust early on in week one, but it's not going to be the same as, you know, Dak and and, and, and Amari's timing uh, in, in this offense. You know, Zeke missed games going going over when he was suspended and he was in Cabo and he came back, and, and yeah, he wasn't exactly the running back he was before, but it didn't take him long to get right back to where he was. So... Even if he doesn't get this thing done until right before week one, I still think he's extremely effective. Is there effective a level of comfort that you have with uh, in terms of a contract for Zeke? I mean, I think everyone right now famously looks at the Todd Gurley contract because of what Steven said back at the Combine. Is there a level that, that makes you uncomfortable? Um, I, I know <laughs> when we talk about contracts, we tend to, tend to talk about average per year. Well, we know guarantees do matter you know, a lot as well, but – just kind of ballpark range. Is there a range that, that you would prevent Zeke from coming in here and, and playing this year and you just line in the sand, play hardball? Well, if we're going, I just, I like doing average per year just because it's easiest to uh, yeah. kind of compare it to some of the other guys. And, and I, as we saw with this Jalen Smith deal. So I would say I really wouldn't want to get over 16. 
And I say that, and then if it got to 17, then you're sitting there and you're like, well, are we going to do that? I just, I would like to be around 15. I mean, that, that's my, that, I mean, if you're at 15 there, and then you're at somewhere between 30 and 35 with Dak, you're talking about 50 million between your two most important players. I know it sounds like a lot, but I, I, can, I can live with that. I really can. Um, I, I think that they're worth that gamble. But if Zeke wants twenty million plus, I, I just I can't give in to that. I got to go with Tony Pollard, and I got to look at what other teams are cutting when they no, trim the roster from ninety sense. to fifty-three. And I'm wondering if the Cowboys' uh, schedule might embolden them a little bit to play to continue to play hardball. You look at weeks one, two, and three: Giants, Redskins, and then Dolphins. You know, three teams who you kind of expect to be bottom feeders. It is the NFL where crazy things do happen, but you know, you, you look at that early start and you go, man, I could really be 3-0, and but there are also teams I feel like I might be able to beat without Zeke, and I wonder if Jerry and Steven kind of draw a line and say, oh, you want to sit out and miss game checks? All right, let's see how tough you are then, big boy. We had your back. Uh, let's see how tough you are. Let's go one game with Pollard and Alfred Morris or whoever it is. So I'm very interested in that as well. I, I do want to ask you this, John, seeing what's transpired with Jalen Smith, and some of Jerry's comments uh, that he's made kind of during the press conference with Jalen Smith, which it felt like it was 50% a contract about Jalen Smith and how good of a dude he is. And it felt like it was 50% shots fired at Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. It's, it's what it seemed like to me, at least from Jerry and Steven's standpoint. Did you get that vibe yesterday? Oh, 100%. I mean, they were actually talking about other players while they're announcing a big-time contract with one of their own players. So, no, that, that was very calculated. And that, this move, while they love Jalen Smith and it's a great move to get him locked up, and I think this deal is going to look great uh, when it starts kicking in, in in a couple years, with all of that said, this, this deal is also done to show fans, to show Dak's people, to show Zeke's people, to show Amari's people that – hey, this isn't just on us. We can get deals done. We just got DeMarcus Lawrence done. We just got Jalen Smith done. So it's not all on us. Like, we're willing to play ball here, uh, but you guys got to kind of meet us here somewhere. But, you know, I I just see the levels that this thing has taken over the last couple weeks where it was kind of playful Jerry saying stuff about, you know, how good Tony Pollard looked and things like that to then Jerry saying the Zeke who thing. And then now, after that press conference, the way Jerry was – Oh, there's no doubt he's dug in that it's, oh, they were offended by that? Okay, well, I'm offended by the way this thing's going on right now. I'm offended that that a guy that I have under contract for two years isn't in the building right now and not working out. So I think right now with that, from the Jalen Smith deal to the Jalen Smith press conference to to the after the press conference, you've just seen the levels of Jerry where, to me, I found it entertaining because throughout training camp and even over the last year or so, you know, Stephen Jones was the one handling Demarcus Lawrence contract, and Jerry's kind of taking a step back. We saw old Jerry after that after that Jalen Smith press conference, and and it was the Jerry that, uh, you know, I'm not going to mess around with this. I know how important this is, and and, and don't forget about me. No, I'm I still run this thing on the radio here. about this, but you're there, you know, in the huddle around Jerry. And Kent uh, has the clip. Let's play this clip real quick of of what Jerry said uh, to the media after the Jalen press conference. Look, look, I've earned the right with Zeke to joke, period. I've earned it. 
So have you guys had any conversations since then at all? No, no. But let me be real clear about it. I've earned that right to joke. Okay, so he's going to be real clear. To me, it's not about, well, it's partially about what he said, but you were there. I saw the video, but you were right there, John. It was the look on his face that was completely different than the Zeke who comment, right? Oh, no doubt about that. And then the other thing is, too, that's important to note that Clarence Hill is the one asking that question. And Clarence has a, has a good relationship with Jerry where obviously we saw when he said the Zeke who comment, Clarence was, you know, chuckling about it because him and Jerry were kind of joking around. So Clarence comes back and he asked that question. And I thought that, you know, Jerry might give kind of a joking response referring back to, hey, we were just in Hawaii making this joke. And the way he got so serious like that, it I immediately knew that that was planned by Jerry, that if he got asked about that, he was gonna he was gonna explain exactly or and, and not even explain but just show like you said with yeah. his face with his emotions the way he was that he was that he wasn't messing around that that oh oh you guys are upset about that well there's some stuff I'm upset about too it was almost uh, you know I wasn't out there in Hawaii John um, I was back here in Dallas covering the game but when he said the Zeke who thing like you could almost look in his eyes and like he was thinking about should I say this or not like could this be taken not as a joke you know like. He 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 definitely it didn't just roll off the tongue like it felt like he was setting up the joke for a while kind of thing. Like, do you think that Zeke was actually offended by that or do you think Zeke took that as a joke and is laughing about that? Because, I mean, in the middle of a negotiation, I can see how Zeke would be pretty pissed off about um, somebody saying, oh, this guy's coming here maybe to take your job, you know, and Tony Pollard is what he was implying there. Yeah, no, I believe he was probably disrespected a little yeah. bit, or felt disrespected, I'm sorry, uh, a little bit. Yeah, there, there's no question about that. I just, uh, I, I get Jerry's side of it too, though, because of the fact of what all Jerry's done behind the scenes to help Zeke with his off-the-field problems. Um, you know, he's he's done more off-the-field for, for Zeke than a lot of the other guys on this team. Now, he obviously has a history uh, throughout owning the Cowboys of helping out guys, going above and beyond more than most owners do uh, for players. Um, so that's why he's saying that, you know, if I don't, I don't see him saying that about every single player on the roster. I think that there's a special, you know, kind of a bond there with, with Zeke because of all the stuff that they've had to deal with. So, um, but I mean, if Zeke wants to be disrespected by that or feel disrespected by that, I mean, that's his, that's his choice, but, um, you know, Jerry has a right to joke around as the owner of the the team to ask for more money given to what he means to the offense, but he can say nothing about being disrespected by that because, just take a little walk on the wild side with me here. On public television, uh, on the Amazon documentary All or Nothing, Jerry says that, hey man, I had your back the whole time during a sexual assault case. And I'm not saying it did or did not happen, yeah. <laughs> but it allegedly happened. Dude, no other team in the NFL is getting to a bar and paying people off if you did punch a guy. If you happened to punch a DJ at a club. I ain't saying it did or, or did not happen, but if it did happen, then it was taken care of. If it didn't happen, it was never proven. So that's what we know. Is he saying that, like, hey, Zeke, you shouldn't be offended about that because of all I've done for you? Is that what he was saying? Like, I've earned the right because of... Even, hey, even if he wasn't saying that, I felt like that's the message that a lot of people took from yeah. it. I mean, you could take it a number of ways. And, and, and it's also it. not just Jerry and Zeke involved. It's just a little shot at Rocky Arsenault, too. Like, hey, Rocky, you might want to back off. Rocky, sure. uh, for those who don't know, Rocky Arsenault is Zeke's agent. 
Like, hey, you might want to back off. And that's where I've come to the conclusion. And, and then after this, maybe we'll move on to talk about the Jalen Smith contract real quick. That's where I think this deal does not get done by week one unless there's a kind of Demarcus Lawrence, Stephen Jones type com- communication that happens. Uh, and I, th- this is c- kind of reminds me of the Des Bryant contract negotiations, to be honest. And those got real weird. Um, and ended up having to, you know, had to end up working with a different agent to make it work. But like, it kind of has that vibe of, okay, well, this has gotten nasty over time, and it really didn't seem like this was going to be necessary for this thing to get nasty. But here it is, and then sure enough, as Jerry's always said, deadlines make deals. Well, the deadline this time is actual games, and the deadline this time is Zeke losing money on game checks. So. The deadline's a little more severe than meeting a, you know, a franchise tag deadline or meeting a training camp deadline. We're getting into some real stuff now. I don't, I don't know this to be a fact, so I'm just throwing out speculation here on this. But you know, Jerry's got a, uh, he's had a lot of success doing deals with with players, meeting with them one on one, getting stuff done. Um, like you mentioned, like with the Lawrence contract, the Jalen Smith thing, where the players getting involved and stuff like that. What if what if the decision to take Zeke out to Cabo was part of that to like kind of keep him away from all of this so that it's just the agent talking with the Joneses and so Zeke doesn't get involved because I would say this for everybody listening don't think for a second that Zeke doesn't hate missing these practices and being around the team and things like that like Zeke loves football and there's just only so much you can do in Cabo that's football related that's going to really kind of you know, quench your thirst. So uh, I wonder how much that impacts, especially for, as you see, like he left to go to Cabo, then he came back here and then he went right back to Cabo. So I don't know, just all of that just seems really interesting (laughs) to me that, you know, like, like almost like it's, it's a design to kind of keep him, you know, away from possibly going to the facility and, and maybe talking to Jerry, talking to Steve. Now Jerry will say that he can get hold. He made it very clear at training camp. He can get a hold of Zeke in two minutes if he wants to. Um, but I, I just kind of wonder, like, if how much agents kind of are like trying to keep their players away because they know how good Jerry is. Okay, before uh, we move on to the Jalen Smith contract, we're gonna play my favorite game show. Fire off the intro, Kent. Where in the world is <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott? All right, in this game show, we all take a guess at the specific locale of the Cowboys' star running back. I'll go first. I think that Ezekiel Elliott, as we speak. I think he's at the Jungle Bar. The Jungle Bar is a good little spot there in Cabo. They've got some really good drink specials, and he's been working <laughs> and training hard, and I think he might feel like he deserves a cheat day. So I think he's spending the day at the Jungle Bar out there on the ocean. What about you guys? I'll go with the golf course. I know he, he does some golfing when he's out there, um, and I do think he's getting workouts in, but how many workouts can you do <laughs> in an entire day? So I would say he's probably golfing right now. Yeah, just the optics of Cabo is what's hilarious. Like, of all the places on planet Earth for him to say, I'm going to go remotely trained, you know, aside from training camp, it's like being him saying, you know, I'm going to go get myself right. I'm going to go to Amsterdam. You know, it just doesn't sound right. You know, like, like, that's what's happening there when you're doing that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go... I don't know. I think this might be a troll. I think oh. he's back in Dallas, guys. I think I don't think he went back to Cabo. I think he. Hey. I think he's back in Dallas. Hey, I, I can't disagree with that more. And the only reason why I say that is because this man got on a plane 
and there were pictures of oh, it. Oh, when he got back? This when he went went back? I saw him coming to Dallas. I didn't see him on plane going back. To no, Colorado. no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant coming back to Dallas. And then there was also those pictures early on in camp where he was just at some restaurant, <laughs> and people put that out there. Like, Zeke, like, with Zeke's hair, his build, everything about him, he just stands out. Like, even when you see in that video of him um, in Las Vegas, you know, he's wearing the LeBron James jersey. Like, Zeke stands out so much that I just find it hard to believe that he would be around this area and nobody would take a picture or and unless he's just like you know like locked down in his house or something like that it just i find it hard i mean he had a hood up and sunglasses on and he still had multiple pictures taken of him sitting in first class on an airport and the rumor was that he came to get clothes and get a haircut and go back so who knows we'll uh, keep you updated if we hear anything on <laughs> zeke let's move on to jalen now um john i thought you wrote a great piece in the athletic um, which you can find it's uh, titled Jalen Smith signing an opportunity for Jerry Jones to show he still has his fastball. The terms on the deal, as you reported, John, five years, $64 million, $35.5 million guaranteed. Um, you know, it seems like kind of, at least to me, it seemed like a deal that was kind of a no-brainer in, in, in terms of the terms, if that makes sense. Uh, felt like a win-win for both the player and the team. Uh, with the chance for the Cowboys to save some money down the line if Zeke is a good player. What was your just overall evaluation of this contract getting done? It really reminded me of the Travis Frederick deal and the Tyron Smith deal and some of the, the last couple of deals that, that Jason Witten has signed where um, you know the, the player's happy, but then the team's happy too because it's not a deal that's going to completely break the bank and, and force them like Jalen Smith, they were not going to sign on some type of deal that they that they thought would prevent them from being able to re-sign Dak, Amari, and Zeke. So uh, I thought it was I thought it was a very you know it's a team friendly deal. But if you're Jalen Smith, you come back from that knee injury, it's also a great deal for you too because there's probably days, maybe months, and even longer than that where he thought there was a chance he'd never play in the NFL, let alone get a second contract. So I see like I think it's I think it's a great deal for both. But it clearly wasn't a deal that where Jalen was dug in to be the highest paid middle linebacker. That never would have happened. You know, like I believe, you know, Ezekiel Elliott wants to be the highest paid running back. I'm sure Amari Cooper is trying to be amongst the highest paid wide receivers. And clearly Dak's trying to be paid amongst the highest uh, quarterbacks in the game. I thought the guarantees were pretty good on that deal for Jalen as well. And, you know, that's the thing that you always wonder about the Dak and the Zeke deals is what are the Cowboys offering in terms of guaranteed money? Because, you know, when the, the stuff comes out with Dak that he's asking for 40. You know, you're pretty clear what side that's coming from. Uh, or You know, like you, you hear all that stuff, it, it seems pretty clear. And I'm like, well, they're trying to make Dak look bad right now, but who knows what the heck Stephen Jones offered Dak Prescott. Like, the guarantees could be weird. On this one, it looked like the guarantees are pretty clean. If you really want to break it down, it's really a three-year contract for $26 million. And then, you know, after that, you have a bunch of, you know, a little the money will escalate a little bit when Jalen's in his late 20s, 27, 28, 29, with the Cowboys having opportunities to get out of it. So I thought it was a very nice deal. Uh, Good to get done. Jalen wants to be here forever, understands the business and all that stuff. And I just – I I really couldn't think of a better scenario. Like, Jalen wasn't asking to be paid like C.J. Mosley. Like, the linebacker market has gotten stagnant over the years with guys like C.J. Mosley and Deion Jones even. And for Jalen to kind of take that deal – He's in that conversation of guys like Quan Alexander and Anthony Barnes, C.J. Mosley, and uh, I don't know if he's on the Bobby Wagner level yet, but we could obviously see him get there at some point, possibly. And for him to take a deal that's a little bit less than that, I thought was 
was uh, it's going to benefit the Cowboys down the line. So I think all in all, it's a, it's a win-win uh, for the Cowboys. I thought it was interesting how uh, they sent out an email earlier in the day that they had to announce this signing. Gosh. So, of course, like, we're going to put that out there. But that makes everybody think they're like, ooh. That was right up there with the uh, when they were three and five yep. and did the uh, football-related announcement, and it was the Gilbert yes. thing. <laughs> yeah, such a troll. Yes. Like, no, they know exactly yeah, what yeah. they're doing with that stuff. So that's why, like, we were joking around because we were already there, you know, because they had the practices uh, earlier in the day and the locker room availability. So we get that, and we're just like – what if it's a Jason Garrett contract extension? What if it's what if it's somebody a player that you're not even thinking about? What if it's Anthony Brown or Malik Collins or something like that? Like, because everybody was thinking it was either Dak, Zeke, or Amari. Now, I didn't. I definitely didn't think it was Amari because we had just talked to him in the locker room, and if if that would have been the deal, he was he's the best poker player ever because he certainly, uh, you know, he didn't sound. He said he had. He said he talked to his agent within the last, I want to say, week, week and a half, but it didn't sound like there was any movement there. I'm sold that Amari's going to wait until um, after the Julio Jones contract, and, and I think that's been their play all along. So I've always felt like he'd be the third one done out of that group. But just the way that email came out, I, I don't know, I kind of found it <laughs> It's funny. not surprising. And now we also have to spend a little bit of time on Dak Prescott. Uh, one of the more polarizing players, I, I would say already in Cowboy history, um, this early in his career. I mean, I know how I feel about Dak. Um, I'm curious to see what you guys think about him. I am in the boat of, hey, man, they've been doing a great job evaluating talent, but they have been saved by Tony Romo and Dak Prescott over the last really 12 years, 13 years, and that have kept this franchise, uh, I guess, relevant on the field. They got lucky. Uh, every, and they've never truly found a quarterback on their own. So I'm in the boat of not messing around and trying to get a deal done with Dak for a couple reasons. That, I think he's going to get better. Um, I'm curious to see what you guys think, and then maybe we could st- start kind of diving in a little deeper to the uh, to the numbers here. Johnny? I'm, I was skeptical, I would say, uh, maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, but um, keep in mind that like coming out of coming out of college, I was completely sold that Matthew Stafford and Jameis Winston were going to be NFL stars, and I think a lot of other people probably felt the same way because that's why they went number one overall. And I think if those two guys were just at a at some random field just throwing to wide receivers, I think they would they would really separate themselves from Dak Prescott, and I don't think there'd be any question about who you'd be drafting. But then the games are played, which is what these guys are being paid for, and there's just no question that you would take Dak right now over those. I mean, he is a winner, and he has shown that. Now, he doesn't do everything perfectly as a passer, but he has so many intangibles. I mean, the leadership is ridiculously off the charts. I mean, I don't know how you can get any better of a leader. He is, whether it's just the stuff he does behind the scenes, the working out, the way he is during practice, like – there's no question he's the leader of this football team. And I don't think every NFL team has a guy that you can say that about. Um, I do think he will get better. And then the other part, and, and maybe the most important part, is just how durable he is at a position where there's so many guys that aren't durable, and it's so important to have a guy um, that you know you're going to have every single Sunday. He plays, he'll play through injuries. Um, you know, he, He's mobile. He's a smart guy. And, and, and his best ball, I believe, is played when the chips are down, when – when you need to, you know, make your biggest plays, I believe he rises to that occasion. So 
I guess when I when I make the Stafford Winston comparison, it's basically that those guys are going to wow you in the combine setting. But then when the actual games start, I think you'd rather have Dak Prescott. And if that's the case, and and you and you agree with me on that, then I don't think you have a problem paying him over thirty million dollars a year because that's what the going rate is for a guy like that for a franchise quarterback. And there, it's so hard to find a franchise quarterback right now. I just think you'd be foolish not to pay this. If guy. I'm the Cowboys, I'm trying to give him the Carson Wentz deal. And maybe uh, maybe it's a little sweeter than that. Uh, and the numbers, by the way, show that Dak is deserving of a little more than Carson Wentz, in my opinion. You can stand there and go, I'd take Carson Wentz on a, on a one-day basis. If I need this game, I might take Carson Wentz. Man, the one thing, if you look back at the Cowboys, uh, just look at the last five, six years, what's the number one thing that derailed them and turned their seasons into a dumpster fire? It's their quarterback getting hurt and not being on the field. And the fact that we've seen that Dak has, you know, played 48 games. Oh, by the way, the only quarterback in franchise history to play every game in his first three years. That's how ridiculous that is. He's the only one to do it. But then you have comments from guys. Uh, I believe this was your sit-down with Will McClay, John, in which Will McClay goes, we got lucky with Dak. He just admitted it. And they found Romo with Sean Payton. Okay? Like, it, you just don't mess around with the quarterback abyss. I don't flirt with that. I don't think I can bring someone else in and win games. I don't think I can get by by bringing in Case Keenum. I just don't I don't believe that garbage that a lot of people truly I think believe because you will see Dak miss a throw. You will see Dak take a sack at a bad time. You will see him fumble the ball now and then. You will see him be a little bit inaccurate. But you put it all together and you watch really all three seasons of, of, that he's put together, and I go, how does anyone have a question about whether or not you should extend this guy? It's quite clear he is your, I'm going to use the generic term, quote, franchise quarterback. Well, there's a lot of people who have been franchise quarterbacks over the year. You mentioned Stafford and Jameis Winston. Those guys are franchise quarterbacks. So, like, I, I just don't know. To me – your your head is in the clouds if you're just going, I don't know if we should pay Dak Prescott. Now, if you want to draw lines on how much you want to pay him based on the fact that he is making very little this year and that you can franchise him, I get that, and I'm cool with that argument. You want to wait and see a little more, see where this thing goes without Linehan. I'm all about that. If you want to do that, I understand. I'm just comfortable right now writing the check that says, hey, man, here's this. Average per year, $34 million will guarantee whatever it is. I'm comfortable doing that because, to me, it's quite clear. It, it's quite clear to me watching the game and to the Joneses who are making these decisions that he's the guy. If Jerry wins a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl in his lifetime, it happens with Dak Prescott or it doesn't happen. And I think people need to, like, really, really understand that. It's not going to happen if it's not with Dak. So... That's where I stand, and I'm very impassioned about it because it's a bipolar uh, uh, argument, you know, and it makes people crazy, but that's how I feel. Well, no, and and it makes sense why you would feel that way, too, because you also got to factor in where this team is at. You know, this this team, specifically on defense, has come a long way from 2014. Now, they made the playoffs, obviously, in 2014, and, you know, you can debate how how their season ended up in Green Bay. But that defense is just nowhere near on the level of, of the talent level that's on this defense. Then you throw in the offensive line, Witten coming back, 
you know, if everything gets worked out with with Zeke, obviously, uh, Amari Cooper, you know, they just they are in position to win right now. Why would you mess that up by risking losing your quarterback? And like as you mentioned, which I think was a great example, was the Case Keenum route. You know, I mean, this is the most important position in football. You got a guy that can win games. Sign him to a contract. Why even risk the opportunity of losing him now? The other thing is too was I wasn't here for you know the Quincy Carter years and all the years basically between Aikman and Romo. And I've just heard the horror stories about how bad it was to cover those teams and watch those teams. I certainly don't think the Cowboys want to get back to that. So fans can really kind of say whatever they want. It's either get on board with Dak or not because he's going to be the quarterback of this team. No, and I think like you start talking about uh, salary caps, and and fans are more knowledgeable about the salary cap than I think they ever have been in the past because it's important to putting this together. And there's a lot of arguments about, hey, uh, we got to keep all these good players around him too. I mean, here's the the part that's very interesting to me about building a football team. And it's not Madden football on PlayStation, man. It's like you have all these players. Steven and Jerry, Will McClay, they were always going to pick and choose who they wanted to keep. Like that was never going to change. Even if you had a bunch of cap space, you're still going to choose the guys that you want to keep around. It's just that the guys that you're going to want to keep around or the guys that you're letting go because things are tight might be a better player. So you want to be in this position because the alternate is to be in a position where, oh, I'm letting bad players go and not paying them. Like, that's the other <laughs> – there's just two options. Like, I'm either letting good players go or I'm letting bad players go because I've built this roster up so good – the Cowboys are in such a great in such great shape. If you have to let Byron Jones go or Lyle Collins go, hey, so be it. You got to make it work, and positional value will come into play. And that's where Zeke is an outlier, and that's why all of this is so fascinating. And we still have two preseason games left, and we still have three big contracts that could get done, and we have roster cuts, and we have so much more that's going to be happening. And I just hope everyone subscribes to about them Cowboys because things are going to get weird and wild on this podcast because we cover Absolutely. the Cowboys. It's uh, it's going to be interesting this season, to say the least. Uh, Jason Garrett's last year of his contract is, is going to play out. Uh, you know, Zeke might not show up until week one or later. So we're for sure going to have it all covered here. Um, that is for sure. John Machado will probably be here every single episode. KT will be here as much as he can physically be here. And uh, we've got other people. Bob Stern will be here. Saad will be here. Uh, Mike Lucci will be here. And then we got a lot of guests um, as well. We've got player interviews that we're going to be getting. We've got uh, analysts um, outside of Dallas that we're going to have on from other teams and such. So, yeah, if you are a fan of the Cowboys, uh, the best way to, um, to stay up to date with us is to subscribe to The Athletic. We're doing an episode a week on iTunes, but we're doing another episode that's exclusive to The Athletic every single week. So if you want all the episodes of this podcast, you need to subscribe to The Athletic. And you can subscribe now at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys and uh, get 40% off your annual subscription. Whoa! So, yeah, 40%. 40%. Yeah, do it. You need to do that now. That deal is not going to last forever. But um, I want to thank John and KT for being here. And uh, until next time, how about them Cowboys?